Have you ever heard of Schrodinger's cat? Now, it's a thought experiment, right? It's a hypothetical scenario. It all comes down to the unknown. Now, I could try to explain all of this to you, but I probably wouldn't do it credit or be able to explain why this whole situation is so controversial either. So we're going to bring in Dr. Katie Mack, the Hawking Chair in Cosmology and Science Communication at the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics. Good morning, Dr. Mack. Good morning. How are you? I am good. Thank you. Now, first of all, could you please explain Schrodinger's cat to us? Sure. So Schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment that was first um, proposed by Schrodinger to Einstein as a way of talking about how weird and seemingly contradictory uh, quantum mechanics is. The idea is that you take a cat. Now, this is a thought experiment. Do not do this. (laughs) You take a cat, you put it in a box with a vial of poison, a Geiger counter and a, a an unstable radioisotope, some kind of um, some kind of uh, 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 atom that, that might or might not decay within the next hour, right? And you don't know if it's going to decay within the next hour because it's a quantum thing, and there's some fifty-fifty probability. Now you close the box, and an hour later you open it, and you would imagine you have a half, you know, fifty percent chance of finding a dead cat, fifty percent chance of finding an alive cat, with the idea that like. The vial of poison is only broken if the atom decays, okay? So that's the basic setup. But the reason that it's controversial, the reason that it's a thought experiment about quantum mechanics is there's this idea that that the atom sort of decays and doesn't decay. It's in this this superposition of both decayed and not decayed uh, until you observe it. And this is something we see all over quantum mechanics, that certain things kind of seem to be happening and not happening at the same time until we do the observation. It's it's a very common thing. We see it in the way that electrons behave, and we, we use it in our technology, which I can, I can tell you about things like quantum computing use this idea that, that something can be in two states at once in a certain sense. The right. reason that it's a... Yeah, so, so the reason that it's a weird idea, the reason that it was... Uh, that's a paradox is that... Uh, what Schrodinger is saying is if the atom is both decayed and not, then the device that breaks the poison vial is both decayed and not, and the uh, is both triggered and not, and then the cat is both alive and not until you open the box. <laughs> so this it's a philosophical that, question almost, right? So it's like yeah. you're combining uh, physics with philosophy, and I'm not sure science yeah. people always like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, as a scientific question, it's a question of whether all of these systems can be a superposition together, like whether it all ties together in one quantum process, that the whole everything inside the box is a quantum system that can be all linked, and then then it does kind of make sense to say that it's a superposition of both of those two things. But in everyday terms, you you generally think that yeah, you know, the atom was in a superposition until it was observed, but surely the cat is an observer. <laughs> like surely like Surely, like as soon as as soon as it has a consequence for the external world in at the external to the atom, then then it should be considered to be observed. There should be a measurement made. But this is this is a thing that that scientists don't entirely agree on. What what constitutes a measurement? Why is it that certain things can look like they're in two places at once until you do the measurement? Right. And uh, you know what I love yeah. about this, Dr. Mack? Yeah. I love is it like, you know, obviously science is all about the known, right? You want to be yeah. able to answer that question. But sure. this is obviously sure. about the unknown, which 
you know, yeah. if you're not a science person, which I am not, I get that. I uh-huh. get that there's mystery involved here. But is that why do you think for on the science side of things, people are like, no, 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 we want to solve this mystery. We need to know. <laughs> I mean, uh, scientists do want to know. That is that is a fundamental part of, of who we are. And it's part of why this thought experiment was so was such a big deal when it was first proposed, because it brought up this idea that quantum mechanics might just have uncertainty built into it entirely. Like that there's a fundamental unknowability at the heart of physics, at the heart of fundamental physics, that as soon as you get to the quantum level, there are things that you just cannot know. You can't know um, when you do sort of a quantum coin flip if it's going to land heads or tails. There is, it's, it's not that you're not measuring it carefully enough. It's not that you're not like setting up the experiment in the right way. It's that there is, there is fundamental randomness. And Einstein never liked this idea. This was when he said God does not play with dice with the universe. <laughs> the idea was that he doesn't like the idea that there's there's fundamental randomness built into physics, and there's still there's still conversation within physics about whether that is truly fundamental randomness, whether there are things that we just cannot know because they cannot be determined ahead of time, or whether there is some mechanism that determines whether the cat will end up alive or dead in this scenario. I love this debate, though, because yeah. it really is a debate kind of about about life, right? Is it random? Yeah. Is it pre-planned? Yeah. The, the flipping a coin, Absolutely. the flipping a coin point you make is perfect. Like we can't know that with any certainty about what's going to happen when we flip a coin. Well, we, well, the reason we can't know when we flip a coin is because we don't we don't measure every possible thing. If we did measure every possible thing, if you flipped a coin and you measured all of the air currents, the exact force you're putting on the coin. The, the nature of the surface on which it lands, all of that, then, then in principle, you could set up a machine that would flip a coin the same way every time and always give you heads or always give you tails. You could set all that up because you could measure everything carefully enough. But uh, when you get to the quantum level, when you get to the subatomic level, you can't do that anymore because there will be some point at which you can do the same experiment over and over again and get a different answer every time because there is fundamental uncertainty built in. And that's, that's the part that's really, really challenging. The idea that, that maybe, maybe true reality is a little bit fuzzy on that level and, and is fundamentally unknowable at a certain level. It doesn't mean, I should say, it doesn't mean that, there, that we can't say anything. We have extremely good measurements. We can give you really precise probabilities about a lot of these things. There's, there's a lot that we do know in quantum mechanics is an extremely practical tool that we use in lots of technology, scanning, tunneling, electron microscopes, quantum computers, all kinds of things like that, microelectronics. But there is some level at the very, very base level of reality where it appears that randomness is just built in, that we just don't get to know. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. It just (laughs) comes down to the unknown, that there are going to be some things that we don't know. And perhaps for some people, that is just, they don't like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really troubling, and and you know I have to say like, and it and it brings up all sorts of other weird ideas. Like people um, have proposed this idea that when when a quantum coin flips, it splits the universe in two, and then there are two universes, and one in which it came up heads, one in which oh, it came don't up tails. Don't get me started. I love that idea too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know it's something that we really grapple with as scientists to try to contextualize what we see in our data. And the, the data are very clear. We, we can do measurements, we can do uh, experiments, and it all makes sense in terms of the mathematics. But describing the interpretation, describing the, what is fundamentally really happening, that is still a challenge and that is still something that we constantly debate. Oh, love it. All right, Dr. Mack, thank you so much for your time this morning. That's all right. Thanks for, thanks for chatting.